You're listening to MOG Channel. Hi guys, welcome to my podcast. This is MOG Channel where we help you to see real and practical Christianity from God's Word. If you're new here, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. Today, before we go into anything, there is a need for us to pray because I believe that the prayer will help to open up our minds to what God is saying in His Word. Father, we thank you for your Word. We ask you to just have your way in this explanation, this teaching, that minds and hearts are open to comprehend what your Word is saying. People are receptive to pick out the things that you would have them pick out as the word goes on. And that I, as I teach, you would use me as an oracle to help people to learn, to grow, to ponder, to get closer to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so let's move on. We've been looking at the book of Romans. Okay, so... Romans chapter 1 especially and yesterday we stopped at verse 25. It's a text by text explanation of God's word and so we're just going to continue but first let's just do a refresher or a recap of 24 and 25. So 24 tells us wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts or through the desires of their own hearts. So it's important to look at that. He gave them up to uncleanness, right? Of course, why did he give them up to uncleanness? Because of their rejection of God. We looked at it that in Romans 1.21 that they knew God, but they did not glorify him as God. In other words, they rejected him as God. It's like, I know there's a God, but I'm going to suppress that information. Why? Because I want to live my life. Because if there is a God, it governs that idea or concept. It's going to govern my behavior, govern what I can do and what I cannot do. You see that? And man, being an agent of free will, <laughs> would have tendencies to want to go after his desires. You see that? So that's why you see that um, in verse uh, twenty. For it says that God gave them up to uncleanness through the loss of their own hearts. That word lost is just the desires of their own hearts. He gave them up. And as I explained yesterday, that word gave up is that he let them. Are you seeing that? It's like someone has probably been restraining you from something, from the consequences of actions or whatever, but you are insistent. So he releases his okay, no problem. He let them go. He allowed them. You see that to the uncleanness, to uncleanness through the what desires of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. And I explained yesterday that to dishonor their own bodies meant to devalue their bodies. Honor is to place value on something, to ascribe worth to something, to treat something as special. To dishonor is to devalue. So, for example, if you say um, you dishonored your father, right? What did you do? You devalued your father. If you honor something, there's a way you behave towards it. Think of uh, maybe an actor or, an a- or actress that you really, really, really like. Or a figure or someone. You see, when you see them, what happens? There's a way you treat them. Sometimes like, oh, I can't I can't breathe. I can't. So people will say that because they are, they, there's this awe around the person. There's this honor. If the person says, please buy me two brush, you will rush out to go get it. There's a value you ascribe to the person. So when 
um, when dishonor is present, what happens? There is a devaluation of the person. There is a, well, I use the word, the worst thing, if that's a word, but there's, there's no value or you see the person as less than what you should see the person as, right? You can dishonor your parents. You can see them as less as what they should be. I remember we said we honor what God honors. We place value on what God places value on first. You see, so if God has said this has value, then we as men, as his creation, we are supposed to align with God and say, it is true, this has value, and we're going to keep it that way. But well, these people, God had put honor on their bodies, which is for all of us anyway, but they said to themselves, no, we are going to, we are not going to put the honor that he put on our bodies. And the way that happened was through the desires of their own hearts. In other words, it means that you can devalue your body, you can devalue something by allowing your desires to go or overrule God's own judgment concerning that thing. You can allow your desires, what you want, right, to trump what God wants. Are you seeing that? So it it tells us that when God wants something, God is honorable about it. If God said your body is for this, right, if he says your body is not for fornication, it is an honorable statement. It is a statement of value. Look, your body, the body, Paul will say like this, the body is not for fornication. The body is valued. That's the point. In other words, God is saying that things like fornication or having sex outside marriage, sex outside the confines of what it was made for, it is, it is a devaluation. So if I sleep with someone who is not my wife, if I sleep around, if I, you know, if I use my body in ways it was not intended, I am devaluing it. Why? Because something that has value will be used carefully. Something that has value will be used for the purpose in which it was created specifically. You get, it's like using um, a phone for more purposes than it was intended right how okay think about this have you ever seen somebody who um yeah let's use the word phone someone that has an iphone 12 or something but he just flings the phone anyhow the way he keeps the phone he can if it's on the table he's not even mindful about how he keeps it he keeps it near the edge of the table the phone falls he picks it up again puts it in his pocket inside that same pocket he had different things like gummy bears and all those things like he just uses it anyhow he doesn't what value it. He just uses anyhow. He he does not. He's not mindful about the intention, why the thing was created, and so that's what God is saying that you can actually devalue something so much. You can just remove value from something by the way you use it. God never intended for this thing to be used this way, but to you it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So we now see what happened to them verse 25 who changed the truth of god into a lie okay and worshiped and served the creature or or what is created more than the creator so these guys they changed the truth of god for a lie how, how did that happen the truth is that god is god they don't want that god should be worshiped god should be honored but they say no rather than take that affection towards god be thankful and all that they change it to the worship of creation or what is created. Are you seeing that? And we said yesterday that your body can be a God to you. 
Because whatever you worship becomes your God. Whatever you place value and ascribe what to becomes your God. Are you seeing that? So in this case, their desire to use their bodies in different ways other than what the Creator intended was what was full on on their minds and they refused to regard the Creator but rather changed the truth of God to a lie and worshipped and said what was made right than the Maker, which is just insane. You worship what was made than the Maker. So let's move on to verse 26. It says, For this cause God gave them up unto vile affection. So you see that word God gave them up again. Right? That word is God delivered, allowed them. Now, there's something interesting in the... Um, okay, so there's what we call concordances. Um, yeah, or lexicons. Meaning that the word, um, in this case, gave them up, was translated from... Um, or how do I put it? It's what we call the original word. The word itself that was translated to English to say gave them up from the original language. In this case, Greek. If you want the word, it's a, it's a paradiomi, right? Paradiomi. That's the Greek word it was translated from. Now, that word means different things. Like it has a range of meanings. But one of the meanings I saw that I found, I found interesting is is to permit something, to allow it. And they gave a clause there, like when the fruit will allow what is when it ripens, when its ripeness permits. So in other words, something ripening, right? If you can think about that, something something ripening, when something ripens, okay? And I mean, let's, let's just think about that for a second. So when it says God gave them up and you think of it in the sense of something that ripens because ripeness or to ripen, right, for fruit to get ripe is just a natural um, process of something. Like when it is nurtured, when it is, um, I mean, if the fruit has the right kind of conditions, it's nurtured, it's taken care of and all that, it has water, has minerals from the soil, it will ripen. So in this case, when we say for this cause, because of this, God gave them up unto vile affections. He's saying he allowed, you know, the this is the process where they are going. Their hearts are unclean. This is what they want. They want to dishonor their bodies. So God allowed that process to take place. Are you seeing that? God allowed that process to take place. And, you know, this is a very scary thing because when we say we don't want God where we say that God should sit in the boot, right? Um, it's a very scary thing because the process, you know, it's like, how do I put it? Okay, so God the creator, knowing he made He made this thing, he knows this is how this thing works. He knows use it wrongly, it's going to lead to destruction. Something bad is going to happen. He warns you about it. He lets you know. There are things he puts in place to say, look, that is maybe manufacturer's <laughs> um, instructions. Use it like this. Use it like this. You say, no, I will use it this other way. Right? I will run my life this other way. I'll use my body this other way. I'll run my finances this other way. I'll do these things this other way. I will, I refuse, I'm not going to go to church. I won't submit to my pastor. You know, I'll sleep with whoever I want. I'll do things my own way. What happens? Because there, there, is, there is a reason why he said don't use it that way. Aside from the fact that he's God, there are reasons. There's, there's danger. 
But when you don't want, God is a gentleman. He won't, he will never violate free will. Right? So he says, okay, no problem. No problem. I think yesterday I spoke about, uh, I said I was probably going to talk about the whole Adam thing. Right? But I guess maybe another episode because if I go there, it's going to be much longer than I intend for it to be. Because Adam, this, this thing here, Romans 1, actually, this same problem boils back to Adam. In fact, I would make a strong argument that this is... <laughs> This is the issue with Adam. This was the problem with Adam. This thing. And by the way, this is also rebellion. When you decide to go your own way, hope you know it is not free. Or it is not freedom actually. No, it's not free. It actually becomes a sin. When you choose to dishonor God, you choose not to acknowledge God. When you choose to go your own way, you choose to disregard God's standard. You are actually committing a sin. It is not freedom. It is not something that you will not be held accountable for. You will. You will face God eventually. It is a sin. These are sins. Yes. They did not acknowledge the creator. That is a sin. That is to miss the mark. Are you seeing that? <laughs> so, you, you feel you probably have a choice to walk away from God. You actually don't. <laughs> Isn't it quite ironic? You, you actually don't. You can pretend that you have a choice, right? But come on, you are just rejecting God's love. You are just rejecting his love. That's all you are doing. Just rejecting his love. But you cannot run away from God. Mm-mm. You will still eventually, first of all, the consequences of your actions will catch up with you. And not just that, you will eventually die and you face judgment. And even that judgment, right, when you actually... Uh, find out where you'll be put, which is what they call hell or something like that. Not something like that. It's actually hell. You would find out that it is still not separation from God. It is just separation from his love and exposure to his wrath. Because if you say God doesn't have wrath, you'll be wrong. Very. In fact, the Romans 1, right, opens up. What we opened up with saying that God has wrath. In Romans 1, 18, for the wrath of God is revealed. There is wrath. Are you seeing that? There is wrath. There is punishment against evil because God is just. God is the good God. You understand? And the thing about it is that when man decides to go his way, the product or byproduct is evil. Genesis, when Adam decided to go his way, evil came into the world. Through one man, Romans 5, 12, through one man, sin entered the world and dead by sin and dead passed on all men for all have sinned. When man, one man decided to go his own way, he unleashed evil on the entire world. Look at um, the next thing that happened, which was Cain and Abel. Cain decided to go his own way, right? Cain and Abel, they came and they brought an offering before God. That was very symbolic of whether they were going to accept or reject God. Very symbolic. I think I've dealt with that in the past. And you see Cain bringing um, the work of his hands or works, basically. Abel brought a sacrifice. Basically, the whole concept or idea of that really was Abel was saying, I need a sacrifice on my behalf. I cannot come to you on my own. In other words, he was actually um, acknowledging his need for a savior because God had already told Adam and Eve that he was going to send a, you know, the seed of the woman who was going to bruise the head of the serpent. So this is Abel saying, I, I, I believe, right? I accept your provision. I can't come before you on my own. But Cain brings the work of his own hands. And that was why Cain's own was rejected. Right? In other words, Cain was saying, 
I see you've made a way, but I want to go my own way. I want to do my own thing. I want to build a monument onto my own name. I want to. So you see that what happens when his own is rejected, right? Rather than change, rather than face the issue at hand, which is aligned back to God's plan, he goes and kills Abel. So you see, every time you decide to go your own way, actually, you are actually going to be hurting other people because being in God's plan is actually how man can live in harmony. If you just look at your world today, your world today is a direct um, consequence of man going his own way, of man doing his own thing, of man choosing not to live by God's standard. Now, let me even say this. Whether you are born again or not, God's principles affect you. Yeah, they affect you. So, God tells you um, one man and one wife is his ideal plan, right? That one is known from scriptures. God says, you shall not covet, you shall not do this, you shall not do that. If you look at those things, those are the things that actually promote a sane society, a lawful society, a society where everyone can live in harmony. Don't steal your neighbors, whatever. That's a good society. When you re- or disregard or flaunt these things, then the society just falls into serious chaos. But then let's move on. So, uh, for this cause, God gave them up to vile affections, okay? Vile affections here would be dishonorable affections or shameful or disgraceful affections, right? Why are they disgraceful affections or desires? Because they dishonor God. They dishonor you. They dishonor the body, right? They are a twisting of what God intended. They are a, how do I put it, a sick iteration of what God intended, so he says, for even their women, now look at this, he calls it shame for why? Because he says, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. Okay, so that's the King James. Let's look at the new King James. He says, for even their women exchanged the natural use. Okay, it's the same thing. The natural use. Now, what's that? Natural use. Okay, look at 27. Likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman. So you, you now see clearly what he means right so exchange the natural use of the woman and burned in their lust for one another are you seeing that so in other words men and women exchange the natural use of their bodies for unnatural uses right and so when if you even look at the word unnatural when this is unnatural it means that which goes against nature right that which goes against nature that which goes against the normal order of things, right? And you can see that we're already bothering here. He's talking about lesbianism. He's talking about, um, yeah, lesbianism, gay relationships and all those things. He's explaining that it's, a, it's an abnormal use of the body. It's a dishonorable use of the body. As we said before, picture that phone. You take a phone, it's for phone calls, it's for browsing, it's for, you take a phone and you begin to use it any other way, you you just keep it anyhow, you let it fall into soup, you pick it up again, you you let many things happen to it, you are not careful, you're not, you don't treat it specially. And so God is saying that when you begin to engage in other desires like that, what are you doing? You are dishonoring your body, you are devaluing your body, you are cheapening your body. Are you seeing that? You are. That's what you're doing. You are cheapening your body. And I want to say that, look, man is an agent of free will. 
What does that mean? It means that man can decide. He has in himself, God has given man in himself the ability to decide what to do whatever he wants to do. And the implication of that is that there is no desire that man cannot have. There is no desire that man cannot have. There's nothing you cannot desire. Don't the sickest desire, right? You ever maybe read in a book, seen on in a movie of what people have done, people have desired. I don't want to go into examples. Very sick, twisted desires. You are capable of such. Why? Because you are a, you are an agent of free will. You are capable of it. Are you seeing that? Because man is an agent of free will. He can decide. He can desire anything. If he's exposed to something long enough, he can start to desire it. So, so many affections. And, and that's why we don't, have, or we don't let our affections rule us. We don't give our desires as the reason for misbehavior. If we have certain desires, we can't say that these desires are the reason why that thing is right. No. What makes a desire right is that this is what God intended. Are you seeing that? So, you don't, you don't make the excuse. Because people today, the excuse that they have for things like homosexuality um, and other desires is that I was born this way. This is how God made me you know this is this is how i feel this how i've always felt right but it doesn't make it right i remember listening to this uh lady what's her name i think uh what's her name this this uh spoken word artist artist or so like i just can't remember her name for some reason but okay i think she's the one who wrote gay girl good god i listened to an interview where she said i mean she realized as a young girl she had all these affections for other women all these desires for other women she, she she's always had them you know in other words you could say she was born this way in quote but what led her to actually stop right was the fact that she just looked at it this is not pleasing to god this is not his will this is dishonoring god this is not what god wants for me he's the creator i can't decide what is best for me he is the one who has the right to decide what is best for me and so those affections, it's not like they were they went away before she decided not to pursue them. No, she just decided, I'm not gonna do this. And she said, even to today, sometimes, of course, it's still a temptation for her, but she says, No, I refuse. And that is how she stopped. So you don't let desires rule you. Desires cannot be the reason why you do something. The reason you do something is because it is honorable to God. God has put his honor on that thing. God has said this is the way to go because it is not in man to direct his own path. It is not in man to decide how he should go. That is up to God. It is not up to man. So, verse 27, <laughs> almost out of time. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust for one another. So there is a natural use. There's a natural way God designed relationships to be or sexual relationships number one in marriage number two between a man and a woman but you now see something unnatural where the man leaves his desire for a woman and begins to burn in lust for another man right <laughs> it says walking that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves the reward of their error right the reward of their error 
because obviously there are rewards for that that is there's there is a how i put a natural recourse when you decide to go away from god's plan we'll probably talk that about that in other episodes but i mean you can actually just go look up the statistics of homosexual relationships there's always going to be problems when something is always going to be broken you cannot it can never be like the one that god intended when you know i mean you can say i love this that 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 that, but it does it something is always going to be off you can never get the full benefit of what god intended when you decide to go your own way it is not possible all right verse 28 and even as they did not like to retain god in their knowledge right god gave them over to a reprobate mind so they did not like to what retain god in their knowledge now that word retains an interesting word right that word is to hold right to be joined to something right so they did not want to keep god in their minds they did not want to acknowledge god in other words in their thinking remember we said yesterday that they decided to think apart from god they decided to um how i put it they decided to bring or build up their own form of reason, their own wisdom, professing themselves as wise they became fools. They decided that no, God's way of thinking doesn't match what we want. God's way of thinking is restrictive, right? <laughs> do you ever feel like that? Yeah, God's way of thinking is restrictive. It's not allowing us to do what we want to do. So they did not retain God in their knowledge. They didn't keep God in the forefront or in the front of their minds, right? They didn't allow God's influence on their minds. No, they decided to go their own way. It says, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. So when it says he gave them over, this is just the opposite of not retaining God. To retain God in your knowledge means you'll be sound, you'll be wise. But when you remove God from your knowledge, when you you think apart from God, right, it actually opens you up to reprobacy or, or a reprobate mind, right? That is actually a worthless mind. You get an unfit mind. A mind that doesn't work well. It's not functioning well. It's not thinking well. It's not processing things properly. Right? It's a foolish mind. Right? It says to do those things which are not right. Things which are not fit. You get. So, in other words, he's telling you that for, for a person to actually get to a point where they are doing things that are, are wrong at this level... I mean, for a person to get to a point whereby he leaves the natural use, he, he, he leaves his desire for a woman and begins to look at a man. That's a reprobate mind. That's an unfit mind. That's a, an unstable mind. For it to get to that point, something has changed so much that he now looks at a man and he thinks that, okay, a person can now go steal, Right? And it doesn't feel anything. Feel anything. You can go kill people. You feel nothing, right? You can lie. You can you can so lie, <laughs> and you feel nothing. What's the problem? You have exchanged the truth for a lie. You have removed God from your knowledge. God is no longer, you know, the how do I put it. Your world does not revolve around God. Your world revolves around you, and that's the thing. You have removed God and you've enthroned yourself. That is the big problem. That is the big problem. That is the big, 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 big problem. 
Verse 29 says, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication. So what is the product of a reprobate mind? What happens when a person rejects God, rejects the knowledge of God, rejects the thinking pattern of God, rejects God's regulations? What happens? He goes his own way. And this is what happens. Look at 29. Being filled with all unrighteousness. And all this is evil, by the way. All unrighteousness like fornication right that is sleeping with someone that is not your wife or husband wickedness that is you just become wicked <laughs> yeah you just become wicked wickedness to be wicked is 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 how i put it you know when we say wicked we usually think of maybe how you take a horse with a tampon in a house girl or something like that yeah that's wickedness but sin itself is wickedness. It's wickedness. There are things you do. So if we go back to the example of dishonor, dishonoring your body, alright? It's not just enough that you dishonor your own body by entering into sexual immorality or a sexual relationship with the same sex. It's not just enough that you, you dishonor your own body, but you dishonor the body of another. If you can engage in that act, you're already saying, I don't believe my body has value. But the person you engage in the act with, you are extending your lack of value to that person's body. You are saying your own body also has no value, so I'm going to extend my selfishness, or I'm going to let my selfishness govern me to the point whereby I would devalue your body. And that is wickedness. Are you seeing that? And if you really think about it, all forms of sin are dishonor. They are a dishonor of others. They are a devaluation of other people. Yeah. Let's look at it properly. It's a devaluation of other people. The people I sin against are the people I devalue. If I lie to a per- person, I am saying you don't, you know, you, you, how do I put it? I'm seeking to deceive the person. And by that, I devalue the person. That is wickedness. Are you seeing that? Wickedness is not just the house girl analogy, the hot and house girl analogy. It is a devaluation. It is, it is a, how will I put it, a deliberate devaluation of a person based on your own selfishness, based on what you can gain. And he lists other things. Covetousness, for example. Right? Wanting what does not belong to you or at all costs. That's greed. Right? It's the same thing. I, I devalue a person to the point I don't I don't believe the person deserves to have what they have. Rather, all I can see is how that thing should be mine. It should not be that person's own. It should be mine. My selfishness governs my actions. And so that person is not worth that thing. I devalue the person. Rather, I can't be happy for the person. Rather, I only think about how that thing should have been mine. Are you seeing that? I am the center of my universe. God is no longer in charge. I am the center of my universe. And based on that, I can I have devalued myself, but I don't stop there. I devalue others. He mentions other things like maliciousness, right? Which is still wickedness. And that word for wickedness. Or a desire to injure other people. A desire to hurt other people. You hurt those who don't have value in your eyes. At least for that moment. If they have no value in your eyes, you hurt them. And then he goes on to say, full of envy, right? Same principle, devaluation, right? 
you know, envy is actually like it's like jealousy, right? It's it's basically in the end, it's like you know, I'm not happy for your progress because you don't deserve it. Something like that, okay? And then we have the others, murder. Of course, you you for you to murder someone, you have to devalue that person, right? You would have to have a motive, a selfish motive. To, and you would have to devalue that person in your eyes for you to murder them. They are not worthy of being on this planet. They are not worthy of living their lives. So you murder them. Of course, there is, um, well, King James says debate, but I, would, I think that's just the, the what they call it, a malicious arguing person, a, a person who is always causing trouble, deceit, malignity, whisperers, that is gossip, right? All these things can be traced they are all sins. They can all be traced down to departing or deviating from God's wisdom, deviating from God's plan, going your own way, rejecting God, refusing to retain Him in your knowledge, right? Living your life that way. This is sin and this is the reality of sin. The reality of sin is that man chooses to go his own way and it has its own consequences. So it goes on to say, backbiters were almost done. Glory to God. With Romans 1, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. Have you seen how all these things are traced? Haters of God, despiteful, proud. A proud person devalues others. You are loved in your own eyes. You are exalted in your own imagination and others are below you or beneath you. You put them down. You devalue them. It is wickedness. All this is wickedness. Are you seeing that? Boasters. Because to be proud, you will be a boaster. Right? Inventors of evil things. Disobedient to parents. To be disobedient to your parents is to devalue your parents. Is to dishonor your parents. Are you seeing that? You can trace it down. It's the same thing. Without understanding, covenant breakers. Right? In other words, you lack your words, lack integrity. You cannot be trusted. Because people don't have value, so they don't deserve a trust. You know, implacable, unmerciful, right? Um, I think, yeah, unloving. Verse 32 now ends though. It says, who knowing the judgment of God. So in other words, all these things, all this wickedness that comes from a rejection of God. These people, all of us, we know the judgment of God. In other words, these things, as I said before, they are not free. You don't, you can't get away with these things. No, knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things, right, are worthy of death. Are you seeing that? So if you go your own way, it doesn't mean you've gotten away with it. You have not. Are worthy of death. Not only, he says, he says such things are worthy of death. Not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do it. So, you, okay, let's just read again. Who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only those who do the same, but those who have pleasure in them that do it. So in other words, it's not just the idea that, oh, someone is doing it that brings judgment. No, you that has pleasure in people doing that. So for example, look at something like pornography. You're not the one fornicating, but you're watching others fornicate. You have pleasure in them that do it. You are worthy of death. There is a punishment for it. The wrath of God is revealed against all unrighteousness. And so, if there is a summary to everything we're saying, because that's the last verse of Romans chapter 1, is that these, you know, man has gotten to a place 
right from Genesis where he has removed God from his heart and it, has, it shows in all he does. It shows in his actions. It shows in his daily life. Man has removed God from the center. And every day we have a decision to put God at the center of it all. The question is, are we going to honor God by doing that? Or are we going to, you know, allow our selfishness, our desires to overwhelm us? No. God deserves the honor. He's our creator and he loves us. He designed us. He knows what is best for us. So let us live within the confines of his love and his wisdom. That's the best way for us. It is not in man to direct his own steps. Okay, guys, that's it for today. I believe that has blessed you. Why don't you share with someone and bless them also? Alright? You guys have a wonderful day. God bless you and bye-bye. If this blessed you or you want to say hi or you have a question, you can head over to my Instagram at pst.essien pst.essien Also, if you've been blessed and you'd love to support what we do here at MOG Podcast, then you can give to 0106-207-685. I'll say that again. 0106-207-685 GT Bank. God bless you.